So I love that you're here. Sanctuary Church, we're old school. We're an old school Bible teaching church. So what we do on Sundays is we, we unpack the scriptures verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Sometimes we do little series here, but most of the time we're, we're unpacking the scriptures. So we will read it, we will explain it, and we will apply it. And so uh, that's what we do on Sunday morning. So I'm going to ask you, as we continue to do that this morning, we're going to stand to our feet, if you are able. Uh, we're going to read 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read verse 1 and verse 3, and you will read verse 2. So I'm holding in my hands the most powerful book in the world. This book, the most powerful book in the world, says this. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. And they were cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. In their greed, they make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago in their destruction will not be delayed. You may be seated. And so, Father, we thank you for your word, and thank you that we can be here this morning. Thank you we have the opportunity to be in church. It's great to be here. Thank you that we can call upon you as our Father. We thank you for your everlasting love. We thank you for your cords of kindness. We thank you that you're a God who said, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Thank you, Lord, that we can cling to you more now than ever and cling to your word I pray that in this, this time we would not be timid or be fearful. Father, I pray you stir within us a, a, a desire and a wonder for your truth, that all Scripture is inspired and without error and God-breathed, that you would grant us insight into your word, that we would be true to the Scripture and sound doctrine. You would equip us and prepare us that we might serve you in the hour in which we live. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone agreed by saying, Amen. So the introduction, I, I came up with about four different titles to the message, and so you can take your pick on which one that you would like. There's one in your worship guide there. Another one that I came up with was the churchy bad guys, false teachers, ears on, eyes open. So you take your pick, but those are your options. So uh, Peter here in this passage is describing all of the above, what it means for the church to have bad guys, bad girls, false teachers. And Christianity has always been plagued by false teachers and false uh, teachings. So we're going to look at these three verses, and here's what you have this morning. This is what you're going to get this morning. You're going to get five warnings, five warnings from this passage that you need to be mindful of about why we need to be alert and aware of false teachers. And I get it, we could talk about a lot of other things. I get it, we're coming out of COVID, political craziness, uh, racial tension. I get all of that, marriage issues. I get that. One of the things we want to do as a church is, is teach the whole counsel of God. And that means that we go through everything. And this passage, it's intense. It's a very intense passage. We're going to be looking at these three verses. I'm going to give you five warnings that you need to be mindful of. It's been said that the greatest danger to the church today is not the increasing hostility against our faith from the culture. Our greatest danger is false teaching from false teachers arising from the inside. 
who deny and distort the scriptures, biblical doctrine, and lead others down the same path. So five warnings against false teachers. I think this is a call really for every Christ follower to begin to hold up the scripture and to filter everything that you hear and everything that you read through the most powerful book in the world. So by way of introduction to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, because it begins with this word, it says, but. Well, but what, and why is the but there? Well, if you read back one verse, you see that Peter now has been talking about that God wrote words that God intended as people were moved, men were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they captured and they communicated the very heart and intentions and voice of God. And there were legitimate prophets who were genuinely moved by the Spirit of God. All Scripture is God-breathed, okay? It's true. And so these men were called by God. They were raised up by God. They were used by God and moved by God then to capture the voice of God in Scripture. And so Peter then is saying, I want you to be aware of this. As long as there's true prophets, there are also going to be false prophets. And in your day, you are going to see false teachers. So in chapter 1, Peter speaks to those people that, about those people that they heard from God. Then in chapter 2, he's saying, but, but there's another group, unlike that group, contrary to that group, that are not speaking from God. They're speaking from themselves. They're telling lies, and I want to talk to you about them, because they're a great danger to God's purpose and God's people and God's plan. So we need to learn about them is what Peter is saying. We need to know what they look like. We need to know what motivates them, how they talk, how they act, how they function, how they operate. So I'm going to describe them to you in graphic detail. So Peter then warns us in verse 1, because they're actually here among us and with us. So holy men of God, in the previous verse, spoke as they were carried by the Holy Spirit. Now verse 1, chapter 2 says, But in contrast to that, there are also false prophets in Israel. In other words, they were dominated, the landscape dominated by Old Testament prophets. And then he says this by way of transition, that's no longer uh, the story in the Old Testament, but I'm going to talk to you because you need to be alert. You need to be alert. So this but is very significant here. There were the pseudo-prophets, the fake prophets, but there were men of God that spoke by divine inspiration. Now there's people that are going to be false. So in verse 2, he says this. He says this, Just as there will be false teachers among you, there will be false teachers among you. This is echoed by the Apostle Paul and echoed by Jesus there in Acts chapter 20, verse 29 and 30, where Paul is getting ready to leave Ephesus, and he's going to go to Miletus, and he's there with the Ephesian elders. And it's one of those moments that's like really emotional. You know, people are starting to cry and hug each other and all that. Paul says, hey, I don't don't even know if I'm going to ever see you again. So there's tears filling the, the space there. And he says, but this is what I know. This is what I know. He says, shortly after I leave, he says, there are ravenous wolves which are going to come in. So they're even going to come up from, from among you, like Peter says here, from among you. They're going to come, 
And they're going to seek to deceive and to destroy the church. And so here we're commanded, we're commanded to watch out for false teachers and false ministries. And I'm going to unpack that more. But there were false prophets. So it's been in the past, but now there will be false teachers. And so here's my first point. I've got five warning points. Here's the first warning. It says here, false teachers are present. They are with us. They are here. They're on the internet. They're on Twitter. They're in your neighborhood. They're coming to knock on your door. False teachers are not going to go away. They are, he says, among you. They're everywhere, and they're coming soon. And so think about it. They may look good. They may smell good. They may have nice bikes and nice ties and look squeaky clean and infiltrate your neighborhood, and they're coming to knock on your door. So Peter says, hey, we need to talk about this because I'm going to paint a portrait of what a false teacher looks like so you will know when they come to your day. You'll be able to recognize them. In fact, Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, when he, when he said this, beware of false prophets who come to you. Notice you don't even have to go to them. They come to you. They will come after you. They're coming to you. And how do they come? They're going to look just like you. So you're going to think like, hey, we're like together. They come in sheep's clothing. But is that the reality? No. But inwardly, they're ravenous wolves. So they pose like they're one of us. They infiltrate. They associate. Sometimes I'm funny, and I don't even know what's funny, but I'll take it anyways. And so I'm losing my focus here. And so he paints this portrait of what false teachers are like. He says, look, they're going to look like you. They're ferocious. They're vicious. They're ravenous. They're going to deceive you. They're going to destroy you. They look like they're coming from the outside. They come on the inside, and they may look so nice, like sheep fluffy, friendly sheep, but on the inside, on the inside, they're like wolves. You want, like you want to hug a sheep, but you're saying, look, these sheep, we were just, as soon as you're going to hug them, they're going to hurt you. So we need to talk about these kind of sheep, Jesus said. So he's warned us to be on guard against false teachers. They have the veneer, the veneer of being like you, but underneath, they're savage. They're savage, and you need to get that like wolves. And then Peter warns us. He says, and there will be false teachers among you. So, friends, this is a reality, like a, a reality check. For some of us, maybe a paradigm shift. It is a fact that they are now, as I speak, among you. Yes, there's false teachers outside, but they can creep inside. And who's more potent, who's more destructive, but the ones that are on the inside. See, we're going to find out here that these people, these false teachers, they're people of influence, of power. They may have prestige. They may have influence. They have the right associations. They work their way in there. They gain footholds. They gain footholds in the church. They gain footholds in culture, on Twitter, and the internet. They get a platform, and then they spew out their false teaching. So, friends, Got to get our ears on, eyes open, because we're talking about the bad guys in the church. 
So he says, look at how false teachers operate. Here's how they operate, friends. He says, look, they will cleverly teach. So they can talk the talk. They look like they're walking the walk, but they're not. They look the part here. They'll even use the same words, but with a different meaning. And so Peter helps us see the strategy that they have, because you don't know, they've got a strategy that they're going to work on you. So he says, watch out, because number one, we're warned, they are present. Number two, they're persuasive. They are persuasive. Warning number two. How is that? Well, they're articulate. They would know scripture. They may be attractive. They may flatter you. They may uh, be funny. They may be entertaining. Here's the bottom line. Like, they're good. They're good at their craft. And that's why they can deceive you, because they're good at it. And so we're going to see here, they get big crowds. They teach error, but they're so good, they make it feel like it's truth. And then in order to destroy you, they begin to, to lead you astray. For example, this week it could even happen that there are some homes out there in Yucaipa, Calamesa, Cherry Valley, Redlands, wherever, where there's a knock on the door. And the person that answers the door, maybe they have a little bit of some issues, broken life, messed up life, and there's someone, you know, squeaky clean, looking nice, and wants to talk to them. This happened to me when I was a little kid living at home, and there was a knock on the door, and I opened the door, and there's the two people, and they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, we didn't go to church, and they start giving me these magazines as a little kid, and I'd read the magazines, and they'd come back the next week, and then I know they smelled blood in the water. Come on, somebody. They smelled blood in the water. So they kept coming back after this naive kid that's never been to church, doesn't know anything. And after a while, they came back about six times, and I thought, you know, all by myself, my parents weren't there. I, was, eh, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to do this game anymore. So I stopped answering the door. It's a good thing that I that God graced that I didn't. But the bottom line is they'll show up like that. You got these false teachers going door to door, down the street, knocking on the door, talking to you, and trying to lure you in. And, uh, and so they try to persuade you, uh, hand out their false literature. They invite you into the journey of their aberrant teaching and ultimately to join their team. So there's two points I want to make here. And one is this. On one hand, we don't want to be naive about this. We don't want to be naive that there's false teachers that are out there that are among you. That we don't assume that everything's going to always be okay and always well and just by being naive that there's no false teachers out there. But on the other hand, we don't want to be like paranoid and assuming that every person you click on on YouTube is some false teacher. But, but we do want to do this. We want to understand the strategy of false teachers and certain characteristics that mark their approach. So that's what we're going to do. So secondly here, they are persuasive. Um, it says additionally that they, what they do is, is they have destructive heresies that they're ready to unload on you. Well, what is that all about? Well, doctrine is Bible teaching, and so they will teach things are, that are off from what's considered Bible teaching or Bible doctrine. They go in different directions. So a characteristic of false teachers is that they're destructive that they will try to tear down, to destroy, to harm, tear down. That's how they operate. So they'll mix in some truth they'll, uh, there. So you start to be persuaded, yeah, okay, this is, this is good. And then they very subtly then 
And you talk about the desires of the audience, maybe whatever's trendy, maybe some emotional, feel-good uh, type of stuff, what you want to hear, uh, things that are going to warm your heart, make you feel better. And you sort of start, you know, buying in. They're influential. They're persuasive. Maybe they're powerful. They're good-looking, good communicators, articulate. And you start buying into it. And, uh, and then they just start to weave in, very subtly weave in what, what is their air. And maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a magazine. Maybe could be a Twitter account. could be internet, YouTube, maybe a movie, podcast. It uh, uh, could be YouTube, whatever. could be a preacher. could be an evangelist. could be Netflix. But they're out there. It's permeated the culture, friends. Maybe it's a motivational speaker. But there are dangerous, pervasive, uh, influential, false ministries, false teachers that, that are out there. So if they come to your door, what do you do? Well, don't be afraid to talk to them, but recognize you need to keep it focused on Jesus and who Jesus is. They will try to, they will try to actually to embarrass you, but you just keep it to Jesus and who he is because every cult doesn't believe that he's God, doesn't believe in his deity, so you just keep it there. They're actually fun to talk to if you just, if you just uh, do it. So number three, I actually enjoy, I, they actually don't, like, I enjoy talking to him so much that I'll talk to him in the parking lot. I'll talk wherever I can. And uh, after a while, of course, when they know that you know their game, they don't want to talk anymore. But it really is actually fun. But so false teachers, number three, are dangerous. They're present. They're persuaded. They're dangerous. And we're going to see this here. And they even, it says in your scripture, deny the master who bought them. They're guilty of denying the sovereign Lord who bought them. To deny means to disavow. It means to disown Jesus, disown the scriptures. Christ followers gladly affirm that we've been bought, right? You gladly affirm. They don't. So we gladly affirm that we've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without spot or blemish. But they're not like that. They're like, no, I don't have anything to do with the man. I just want to get what I can get from the people. So it says, in this way, in what way? And that they deny him, says, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. You see, God doesn't just judge people. They choose for themselves. So now verse 2. Verse 2 says this. It says, many will follow. Check that out, friends, because it says it, like, look, false teachers, they are, they impact us. They have, they're significant. Not some just marginal impact. No, this is a big impact. It's a, it's a huge impact. And a lot of people are going to jump on the bandwagon. Look at that, what your Bible says, or on the screens. Many will follow. And on one hand, it seems like, wow, something must be going on. This must be awesome because many are following. But clearly, they have the goods. Many are following. Clearly, they have leadership qualities. I think that if they were to infiltrate the church, we didn't know who they were. I were to do a kind of a superficial meeting and superficial chit-chat. I, I could very well like leave that meeting and say, wow, I think I may have found another leader for the church. Like, wow, that person had a really had a lot of stuff on the ball. So many means the majority. It means large numbers in the original language. So heretics uh, have many followers. 
They're able to appeal to something in the heart of people, of men and women. And so this is how they roll. Uh, They understand the Bible. They're articulate. uh, And they're able to attract a crowd. So number three, they're popular. Many will follow their teaching. And so I think one of the things that happens is, is that the crowd suggests that there is approval. The crowd suggests that maybe it's true, but it's not. It is not true. They're gaining an audience because they're greedy. So it says when many follow, it literally means this in the Greek language. It means to, uh, to walk in the shadow of, remember these are the people being walk in the shadow of, to walk in the pattern of another. So check this out. They're so influential. They're so persuasive that people are not just hearing and gathering, but they're wanting to walk in the example, the influence, the pattern of these people. So number four, false teachers, they are popular. Paul again said, know this after my departure. Savage wolves will come in among you to draw away disciples after themselves. Peter also notes about them that there's a a characteristic. They have shameful immorality. It literally means this, that they've, since they've abandoned God, they've abandoned the truth, that they, what they do is they endorse as normal things that would be embarrassing, the lifestyles of, of sensuality and sexually, that would just be unimaginable. And one of the things that when you pull back the curtain and you see false teachers and cults and things like that, about 99% of the time, it is coupled with shameful immorality. Almost always you find out this person fell or that person fell, and this is what it's connected to here. So it says in verse 3, in their greed, they make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. That's their motivation is to get in your pocket. They have financial ambitions that they suggest that you can enjoy. Hey, you can enjoy the same financial ambitions that I enjoy. Like, yeah, this is sounding pretty good. I'm, I'm feeling broke. And so, and then they, they begin to deceive you and manipulate you. And there's this greedy, exploitive dimension as to what they're doing. Because the scripture says their conscience has been cauterized. Their aim is deceptive. And so they're there to rip you off, to manipulate you, to speak words in order to get your money. So they'll do anything to take advantage of you, anything to twist the truth, to merchandise you, even though they're full of hot air, this is how they roll. So they have this insatiable desire to get in your pocket. When the scripture says they tell, they make up clever lies. Well, the original language lies is plastos. Which where do you think the word comes? Plastos. What is the word you think we get in the English language? Plastos is altogether now. Plastos is that was weak, but that's okay. So, so think about it. all of us own plastic, right? You can bend plastic. You can twist plastic. You can do anything you want with plastic. He's saying here what they do is their words are like plastic. Plastic theology, plastic doctrine. Plastic, just tell you anything you want to hear, bending, molding, reshaping, twisting, so they can get in your pocket. That's how they roll. So he's saying here that they tell plastic lies, plastic molded lies. They pawn themselves off 
as Christ followers, as sheep there to get in your pocket, twisting, bending, any way to deceive you. So the last thing that I want to point up here, this is actually my really my last point, false teachers, we need to be warned of this. Not only, friends, are they present, not only are they persuasive, not only are they destructive, not only are they popular, but this is the last thing we know about them, is that justice will prevail. Verse 3, but God condemned them long ago, and their destruction will not be delayed. Now, when you watch them and you see their lives, and you, you feel like, hey, they're getting away with it. They're getting off. Like, God, why don't you do something? Well, it says here, look, their destruction is not being delayed. God's got it covered. God knows. God sees. Nothing escaped his eyes. All things are naked and opened unto him with whom we have to do. God will deal with them. God is not dilly-dallying. God is not dragging his feet. God knows. God sees everything. And no one is going to escape uh, his righteous judgment. What it's saying here is that their condemnation has long been hanging over them and will come to expression. It's like this. It's like the false teachers, they're not unlike California death row, but in God's justice system, justice will prevail. People say, well, is that really true? I don't know if I believe that. Okay, we're going to see next week three illustrations that it is true in uh, the next few verses here. So you can have examples of that. Give a forcible reminder that God does deal with people that do wrong. And even though judgment is inevitable for the Christ follower, obviously it is, it is escape, you, you escape that. So we're going to talk about that next week. It's awesome in 2 Peter chapter 2. What I want to do now is I want to, I want to pray for us. I want to pray that um, God would be able to use this message in our lives and give us wisdom and give us discernment. So if you would bow your heads with me. And Father, thank you that we could be here this morning. And, um, Lord, thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you, Father, that you can make us wise and understanding and discerning. Father, I pray you'd give us the, the, the wisdom to see false teachers that are even in our own day. God, that you've given us this passage in your word so that we could be equipped in our faith as well. I pray that we would... Um, be wise to the scripture, that you would cause us to be discerning about false teachers and help us to serve you with glad hearts, with happy hearts, uh, with all that's within us in the time remaining. Father, I pray that you would do this and you would do more. In Jesus' name, amen.